This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today we're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of people have heard about, uh, and that's the K-drama Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Yes, um, it's like the top K-drama on Netflix. Every time I click in, it's always like top 10, number 1, number 2, around there one. And then like it's also very, very big in Korea, like what I know. Uh, from the South Korean side is that it is like a huge hit and it's been such a wonderful role for uh, the the female like Park Geun-bin who has been like working in entertainment since I think she was a kid I think I believe she was a child actress so like you know it's really a big hit and um, I'm going to just explain to you a little bit about what the drama is about. And because uh, this drama uh, features a autistic lead, so somebody on the autism spectrum as the female, as the leading female character, the protagonist. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about, I think today we'll mainly be talking about like the representation of you know, autism spectrum and uh, also intellectual disabilities on screen. So because uh, very recently as well, uh, airing at the same time as Extraordinary Attorney Wu is a local drama called Your World in Mine. Um, so it's a Channel 8 drama that uh, just, I think by coincidence, like really by sheer chance, just so happens that it also features someone. He's not, I don't believe he's on the autism spectrum, but uh, this character is... Uh, said to be uh, basically intellectually disadvantaged. La. So he has the, um, I believe he is supposed to have the IQ of someone who's seven years old, but he's like a grown adult la, at this point. So it's a, a story, it's a story about this family, right, that has a son who is intellectually uh, disabled and the, the, the things that they have to overcome. So it would, you know, concentrate on like these two things and I think why... Um, both dramas have found such uh, fervent audiences because the Your World in Mind drama really uh, also, uh, I think, is one of the the few local dramas in recent years that really sparked a lot of conversation. La. So I think um, to start with, just to explain a little bit what Extraordinary Attorney Wu is about, if you haven't seen it, it's about a girl with who is on the autism spectrum called Wu Yang Wu. And she is the first, so in the story, she is the first um, lawyer in South Korea on the autism spectrum. Because basically she, at a young age, um, her, her father discovered that she has just like this amazing talent for like just remembering things so she can recite like the law books that she read at a very young age since like she was five. So she obviously performed very well at school despite the fact that she uh, had she was on the autism spectrum and was bullied you know over the years for it but she still performed very well at school got out of law school and became a lawyer la. so this drama is a legal drama and a lot of it is like very procedural like in the sense that like pretty much like each episode like focuses on one case so there's like a, a case that they need to handle in the episode and then it's like about Woo Young Woo and her life in the law firm her bosses who are uh, very understanding towards her, her very helpful colleagues, and her romance with one of this, uh, one of the many helpful colleagues in the, in the firm, la, You know, and it's such a, um, it's really a sensation. And I think in part is because it's such a feel good drama. So I've watched like a few episodes of it, and it's just like 
very feel good one because it's you it, it's an underdog story right like it's a story about um this person who is so uh you know on on the surface right uh, people think she's very weird because she's a bit awkward because she's on the autism spectrum she is very sensitive to noise so she always wears headphones you know her actions are a bit awkward she likes to repeat what other people say because that's just like a, a something that uh, people on the autism spectrum sometimes do that she likes to repeat what people say so like she's not exactly the best at like social cues and things like that so and she has a lot of like rules that she needs to abide to uh, to to be comfortable to to make herself feel comfortable but it is a very like uplifting portrayal because basically it is a story about an underdog who this person that people underestimate because she has you know she is on the autism spectrum and yet she perseveres and proves that she is very, very talented and very, very competent at her job. And she overcomes her difficulties, you know, and, and so on to become like, yeah, basically it's a, a, a tale of this woman becoming a really great lawyer with the help of people around her. So it's very, very heartwarming. And then I think uh, your world and mine also uh, sparked quite a bit of conversation because of, you know, firstly, the performance of Richie Cole, uh, who is playing the intellectually disabled uh, adult in the series. Um, people think that he's done, done it very well. And also, like, it does shine a light on, like, the difficulties that these families face, like how much the other siblings in the family. So in the show, uh, this this kid has two uh, elder siblings, so an elder brother and an elder sister. And, like, so much of the so much of the responsibilities have to be shared amongst like the whole family so the siblings have to take care of him like they are the parents and then um, the parents also have to a lot of times they have to like maybe take time off work to deal with an emergency uh, that regarding their child right because maybe he got lost he don't know how to find a way back or he got bullied outside or things like that so they have to constantly like um, halt their lives right to go and help him and it's difficult, lah. but of course, you know, the series, despite the fact that um, it shows how difficult it is, it is still ultimately a heartwarming series lah, because it is a story about familial love and um, how much uh, these people, how much this family rallies around their child and how much the child also loves them back, lah, you know. So I think it is it's both like, you know, the thing is like we are living in an age that is... You know, it's been the pandemic for like three years. <laughs> then like, got like new viruses popping up. And then like, you know, climate change, political in- instabilities, you know, and things like that. So like, there's a lot of things with the world that's wrong. And sometimes it's very, very tempting to fall into, I think, uh, just very heartwarming, very uplifting series. Uh, series that make you feel like, difficulties can be overcome you know and I think both these dramas do that I think that's why they have performed so well Um, but you know there is uh, some discussion amongst you know the autism spectrum circles and and the you know amongst like parents with children with special needs and things like that whether this sort of portrayals are ultimately helpful or harmful Um, you know again I'm not I don't no, personally, people on the autism spectrum, I'm not on the autism spectrum. I have not taken care. I'm not a caretaker of somebody who with special needs. So I don't feel like, you know, I'm particularly, um, you know, uh, qualified to speak here. Lah. But I have read, uh, you know, stories of people 
um, on the autism spectrum, I have read like their reactions to both dramas. And I think there is like a lot of fear, right? When people, uh, whenever a minority group is portrayed in a show. So like, I mean, sometimes I also feel that sometimes when like I watch dramas where like Hollywood tries to like incorporate like Asian women characters. And then there's always a bit of like fear. You're like... Or like, you know, sometimes like Hollywood injects some stuff about Singapore into it, like crazy rich agents, that kind. There's always a little bit of trepidation because you're like, is this going to be a good, like not necessarily like, you don't necessarily want like a a worshipful portrayal of something, but more like, is this going to be an honest portrayal? Is this going to be something that feels researched and considered, you know, and uh, not uh, just... A, a, a punchline la, or, or just a, a tokenistic sort of portrayal. So I, I understand like why uh, there's always some trepidation when it comes to the sort of portrayals. And it's especially, I think, extraordinary at Tony Wu because it openly outlines the condition that the female is suffering from, which is autism, because it openly outlines this. So I think there was more like people in different circles were, were reacting to it already. Apparently before the drama aired, um, there was already some backlash from autism circles that this might be like making light of the condition or what like you know I, I saw some um, I saw some reports about that, so I completely understand like why there is that that fear right because for a long time you know I think people's understanding of autism is very stereotypical and very surface and this has to, this of course ties into our lack of understanding in general about autism until very recently you know research about autism is fairly new like and the f- idea that autism is a spectrum and there are different sort of like ways that um you know autistic children develop and react and you know so on so forth and like ADHD and like all these things right they are they are different types of condition and everything and i think it's only until fairly recently that this sort of part, this sort of knowledge became more widely accessible and um, more accepted so there is there are a lot of uh, portrayals of like intellectually disabled people or, or, or autistic people they are very like stereotypical and like if you remember like in the past you know if you watch dramas that had like characters on the spectrum or characters who are intellectually disabled and they will always be sort of very stereotypically portrayed like they would be like you know like acting like children uh, they cannot take care of themselves or they would make very um they will have actions, right? They are very uh, different from people who are not autistic. Like maybe they have like sort of repetitive actions. They have like little quirks or tweaks, like uh, quirks in their behavior or like um, they might twist themselves in a certain way, walk in a certain way or blink in a certain way and things like that. These are all like very stereotypical portrayals. And I think certain uh, content, like things like films like... Um, I believe films like music, the Sia, the the one that was directed by Sia, the singer, was like slammed, right? For the fact that um, it basically um, used autism as like a, used an autistic child in the story who, by the way, Sia did not find an autistic actress to play the autistic child in the, the film music. Uh, she found the girl who danced, uh, I'm gonna swing from a chandelier. Like, do you remember that song? Like, there was a, there was like a child dancer in the music video. So she found that dancer to play this autistic child. And basically, like, from what I understand, music is 
mainly a story about the child's sister. So it sort of uses like the autistic child as like a sort of plot device for the sister to like self-actualize like, and people found that just deeply uncomfortable, right? And there were also a lot of um, controversy because apparently Sia worked with um, some organizations that autistic, like people in the autistic circles feel are ultimately harmful to autistic children. Um, that And I didn't research too closely into it, but basically there was some controversy because of this. Lah. So, you know, there's always a lot of trepidation. And I think um, when I saw the reactions about extraordinary attorney Wu from the autism spectrum, there were like things like, oh, this is, I mean, there were of course people who were very happy because they feel like this is a good representation because it is not a condescending representation in the sense that it is uplifting, it portrays her in a positive light. It shows you that autistic people can also take care of themselves, can be productive and um, can be very contributing to society. And they are like people like the rest of us. Like, they also feel love. They can also fall in love with people and things like that. So it is a portrayal. They, they do feel that it's a portrayal that is helpful. But then, of course, there is another side to the story, right? Um, where people feel like... Um, because in particular, extraordinary attorney Wu, the female lead basically has like savant syndrome, in which she's a genius. And the thing is, there is a percentage of autistic people. There's a percentage of people with developmental disorders that end up having just like amazing ability or talent. So like, for example, amazing um, m- like memorization skills. You know, they can just remember things so easily or... They are very, very good at drawing or they are, you know, very, very good at certain, very, very good at math, you know, certain things like that. So there is this uh, syndrome, um, but it is not across the board for the spectrum. It is only, um, it is a, a small part of the autism spectrum, not the majority. So like, basically they have picked somebody with, they have molded the character to be as, um, you know, as likable as possible, lah, right? She is smart, she's capable, her symptoms of autism are also fairly mild in the sense that it, it doesn't really seem to affect her her ability to work competently that much. And um it's stuff and she because the actress is and of course they K dramas, right? So of course the actress is beautiful and thin and uh, you know, has this pretty face that has no blemishes whatsoever. So it's like they put a very beautiful person in the role um, and she acts her in a very, sort of very adorable kind of way. So some of her quirks, like she likes to say that her name, Wu Yongwu, can be pronounced, is pronounced the same red, um, like front and back, you know, like it's pronounced the same even if you read it from front, if you read it from like it's Wu Yongwu, Wu Yongwu. And she says it's like, it's, and she will repeat that like she has a little sort of, um, like a little, uh, jingle of sorts like she has like a little set phrases that she says when she likes to say her name my name is Wu Yong Wu it's pronounced the same front and back and then she will like list things that are pronounced the same front and back and it's like cute lah right and because she's so pretty then she uh, the way she acts is very like it's just very uh, endearing right she does it in a very endearing way and of course there are people who say like this is not the case across people on the autism spectrum so like if people watch this and expect that 
autism spectrum looks like this that is adorable that is cute that is always very that you know people are like geniuses and they can take care of themselves and so on that's a sort of very limited understanding of autism which is a very valid criticism right which is valid that you know it that is the case lie I mean if you just watch this and this is your entire understanding of autism that is not enough right but then again, I guess there are also people who say, well, any representation is good. La, that having some representation in the first place is good. Raising awareness so that people will be more interested to find out about autism. People will be more interested to research, you know, people with developmental disorders. How does it happen? And, you know, what are the different, uh, what are the different ways it can manifest and things like that. Um, but yeah, la, I think, you know, even with the local drama, Your World in Mind, uh, there was also you know, sometimes people are also like, well, I mean, okay, with the local drama, I've mainly seen more like uh, positive comments in the sense that because it's not very common that uh, local TV portrays uh, people with intellectual or development, developmental disorders. So it's already like a, a big step. It's like a very good representation. And also that it's quite a I, I've watched a few episodes and there are parts of it that are very honest, right? Like uh, very honest in the way like families, how much of a struggle it can be for families with um, children with special needs and how much they have to mold, like they have to basically like revolve their lives around this child with special needs because they have to keep taking care of the kid, right, forever. And it's a something like even though the child has grown up, you cannot let go, you cannot stop taking care of the child. They need to be, you know, they need to be, you know, accompanied to a lot of places. Uh, you know, you, you don't dare to let them wander out on their own and things like that. So I've seen more, um, I've seen comments talking about how real it feels like and it's good, right? I guess it, it brings uh, light to this issue. But again, like, you know, Richiko, he really did his best in the role. And I think there are parts of it that he shows how difficult it can be to have a child with special needs because there are parts of it where he like, there are parts in the series where he throws tantrums and it does get very intense and it gets like, it's the kind of thing that you see and you really do feel uncomfortable and you feel bad for the parents who are caught in this like tantrum war with their child with special needs. But there are also parts where he shows that he is very, very, very warm and very, very loving towards his family and uh, he really wants to do things for them and, you know, and things like that. So, I do think that, that that drama has done a fairly good job of showing like both sides of um like the the joys and the difficulties of having a child with special needs. La. So that's good. And yeah, so just to I guess conclude this podcast, because I, I think I'll talk a bit about my own feelings, la, which is that because having watched these two dramas, right? Um and as I mentioned previously, I do understand where some of the concerns come from. Um, and again, because I, I am in no position to speak for on behalf of the autism spectrum, but as somebody who consumes a lot of TV, consumes a lot of content, um, and is I, I do understand the power of like storytelling to change minds and views and soften people to things over time. I do think that you know, generally speaking, it is good to have more representation of minority groups on screen you know especially people who don't usually see themselves portrayed so like I mean I think it's good that there is more portrayals of people on, on the spectrum and more portrayals of people with developmental disorders more portrayals of caretakers and their difficulties because caretakers are very often overlooked 
in this equation, you know, how difficult it is to, um, and how much of yourself you have to sacrifice to take care of someone um, with a developmental disorder. You know, those those things are good. You know, representation, I think, ultimately is a good thing. Lah. But of course, one drama, two dramas is not enough. You know, you, you need more. You need, you need it to become something that is not... Um, groundbreaking because the way that people talk about extraordinary Tenu is always like wow this is such a refreshing drama this rare theme of this person with autistic spectrum it's because there are very few dramas about people on the autism spectrum there are very few dramas about people with uh, disabilities like it's the same thing with um, uh, there was that movie that won best picture last year CODA and it's about CODA actually stands for uh, Child of Deaf Adults so it's about like a deaf family la, who have a child, who has a child uh, who is of, able to hear. So she is born to a family of deaf people, but she is able to hear herself. So like, you know, like, and people were so touched when the, uh, the father in that drama, right? The father in that film won the best supporting actor because he won and he like, thanked people in sign language. And it's so rare to see sign language at the Oscars. Because, of course, mainstream narratives are mainly about people without disabilities, are mainly about people who are not on the autism spectrum, mainly about majority groups of people, right? So men and women, white men and women, you know, uh, for example, in Hollywood. And there are very few, I mean, Hollywood is trying and there are more narratives about people across different races, there are more, more narratives about people across uh, different sexual orientation spectrums and things like that and trying to put on a more honest portrayal. But it's always um, slow moving and it's always people are trying their best. Uh, I think there are people, you know, in the industry who are trying to their, their best to move those conversations forward. But there are always backlash, like there's always some form of um, pushback because, you know, ultimately dramas, films, uh, making entertainment is a profit-driven genre and I guess uh, there are always people in decision making uh, roles who feel that it would be easier to connect to people if you wrote about what the majority experiences so minority experiences are sidelined in that sense so I do think that um, that's ultimately not helpful la, for the progression of art and storytelling so it is good to have more representation but I think as audiences we need to be very mindful that Things you see on TV are one one slice, you know, uh, things that, are, that that one drama or one uh, book or one uh, piece of artwork cannot fully represent an entire experience, you know. It can be a very good uh, portrayal of one type of experience. It can be a very good portrayal of um, a, a certain person or a very specific type of experience that you can link to other, uh, other universal, you know, human experience or what. But you cannot expect uh, one piece of art to fully represent an entire community, which is why it's good to explore more and research more if you are interested in something. Look for more different um, pieces of work, you know, books or podcasts or, um, you know, dramas and films that give you a fuller picture. Uh, or just go and research. Lah. Seriously, if you are very interested in people on the autism spectrum and how they succeed in the world, you can go and research that, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I think ultimately it's that lah. And also just, yeah, I think be empathetic because that is the the ultimate, like I feel like all my podcasts end in this like, guys, let's be empathetic kind of like conclusion. Because yeah, you don't want to fall into a trap where you feel like, oh, 
um, autistic people are all like cutesy, like Wu Yang Wu. And then you just like expect them all to be cutesy. And then when they are not cutesy, I'm like, why are you not like that? You know, don't fall into that trap. And just be empathetic and be open and be sensitive to the needs of other people. And just, yeah lah, be kind law, I think. Because I do feel that um, there were some like comments, um, especially about uh, Ashron Newton, who I think there were some K YouTubers who sort of got slammed because they were like, they because it was a very hot drama, so like some of them were like TikToking and everything, and then like they would mimic the way Park Yun Bing acts in the drama, and a lot of people like slammed them for basically like, making fun of autism. But I was looking at a lot of the stuff, and I was like, I think she is. I don't think it comes from a place of malice, right? It, sometimes it comes from it's. I think maybe they just thought it's this drama very hot, then like they sort of mimic the way Park Yun Bing acts in the drama, and thinking that would, I don't know be popular as a video. But it backlash because people feel like they're making fun of autism. But then I feel like the backlash also tells us something about ourselves because the backlash also feels like people are equating Wu Yang Wu to autism when autism is so much more uh, intricate and a, a delicate topic and so much more wide-ranging than what is portrayed in Wu Yang Wu, right? So, like, even just, even the drama itself and our reaction to the drama also tells us something about ourselves. So I do think that um, ultimately it is good to just be more aware that what we know is not everything and be more sensitive and also just be more empathetic. Like, these representations ultimately are trying to um, make you understand that these people exist in our world and they also... Um, deserve to be treated kindly, right? It's to make you aware that there are people on the autism spectrum, to make you aware of their struggles, their, their difficulties, and to make you see them as just as human as you and just as deserving of love and kindness as you. And I think that's ultimately what the dramas are trying to say. Like. So just try, if you enjoy the drama, do uh, just remember to keep that um, understanding in your life. Well, yep. Okay, and I think that's your dose of pop culture for this week is a bit of a very simple episode because I, 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 I'm I working on the story about Extraordinary Attorney Wu. So I was a bit inspired to talk about this. So yeah, thank you so much. And uh, if you have anything you want me to talk about, do tell me at podcast at sph.com.sg or you can email me at jenly at sph.com.sg or you can find me at my Instagram on jenlyrise. Just slide into my DMs. Okay, so... That's it for today and I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope you enjoy all the dramas that I talked about today. And yeah, that's all. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.